0: what's up guys you are now listening to the uvu podcast where you will learn apply and develop all the knowledge that i will give you about the human body don't forget to give my socials a follow at ppfit now pay attention because class is in session what is going on everybody welcome to the next episode of the uvu podcast today we're going to be talking about sessions. Gym sessions, strength sessions, cardio sessions, whatever you want to do in your sessions. We're going to talk about how to structure them properly. So I see a lot of people um, coming to the gym, they walk on the treadmill for I don't know, however long, 5-10 minutes. Uh, They do a few sit sets of a lift to get warmed up and away they go on some random selection of exercises that make no sense. So they start with Bicep curls, or, or they start with rows, or they start with, um, they start with jumping, or and they have no idea what they're doing. I've seen a couple of people do this mainly because I feel like they get overwhelmed by the amount of equipment that is available to you, and they get overwhelmed by the selection of exercises that you can do. So they just start picking apart random exercises that they can choose that, that is easy to them that they can do, and they don't try and push themselves to to what they can what they can achieve in that gym. Um, I've seen. Many, many people do this over the past couple of months, especially recently, now that everyone's getting back to the gym, uh, they, they start doing stuff that they see on the internet, on Instagram. Um, and it doesn't annoy me, um, not that they do it, but they they haven't been educated on the on the correct way how to do the session. So that, they, they could change a lot of things up if someone just took the time to go through the session structure with them. So this is what this episode is purely about. Um, Just so the next time that you go into a gym, you know exactly what you're doing. Um, Make sure you have a pen and paper, so write all this stuff down. So next time you go into a gym, you can apply this to your workout and you can see the different results that you get. So um, compare the results that you had from your previous session in the gym and then compare what you're going to achieve the next time you're in a gym with this structure that I'm about to give you. So, I do this with all my clients. Um, This structure is what I go through in every single session that I give to my clients and I think it is, well, personally, I might be a bit biased, but I think this is one of the most efficient ways to go through a session. Um, It is, I do half an hour blocks with my clients, so this, this can all fit in half an hour. So it's very, very important that you have that understanding of time. Otherwise, you can just slip away. So make sure you have your rest periods just down pat, you have your sets down pat, you have your reps down pat. All to make sure that you have a select time to complete it in. So first off, what we're going to do is the warm-up. So you walk in, you warm up. So what does most people do? Like I said before, they go to the treadmill, they do a walk, they do a run, and then they get straight into it. That is the first part of the warm up that I would give my clients or give anyone that walks into a gym. Yes, it warms you up, yes it raises your heart rate, yes it gets you loosened, but it is not um, not the full warm up that I would give to my clients. So the protocol that I go through in the warm up is called the ramp protocol. So R A M P. So first off, R, so it's an acronym, R is to raise your temperature. So like I did like I said before go into a treadmill, go for a run. Um, you could do it. go on a rower, uh, do two minutes on a rower, a salt bike, uh, you can go outside, go for a run. And it's just purely just to get your heart rate up, get your muscles moving, get them muscles, quote-unquote, warm. Um, get, your, get your blood pumping around your body. Uh, and just, it, it's very, very simple, and it only takes about two or three minutes. Just enough to get your heart rate up. So, do that first. The next letter in the acronym is A, so RA, uh, and that stands for activate your key muscle groups. So what this means, if you're doing a squat session, or if you're in a leg session, uh, doing a variety of movements, like the uh, glute glue bridges, squats, back extensions, deadlifts, anything like that, you need to activate those muscles that you're going to be using in that session. So like I said before, legs, you need to activate or turn on it's essentially switch on, your muscles that you're going to be working. So I usually use bandeds, banded movements. Sorry. So I get the, a mini band around the legs. They do side steps, uh, forward steps, back steps. They do all that kind of stuff um, just to get their muscles essentially switched on for the session. Um, you can do other things as well. So upper body, you can do band pull apart. You can do banded pushes. You can do loose push-ups, uh, light push-ups, uh, you can do all sorts of things just to activate those muscles that you're going to be using in that session. The M in the ramp protocol is called mobilize, mobilizing key joints. So here you're mobilizing the joints that you're going to be using. So pretty similar to activate key muscle groups and a lot of people get this mixed up as well. So the use of dynamic stretches here is key. So dynamic stretches, meaning as um, stretching. So everyone knows static stretching. You sit down, you you lean for your toes, so stretch your ham hamstrings. That's static stretching. Dynamic stretching is, is like leg swings, is like walking lunges, it's um, it's t- torso rotations, it's arm um, dislocations. So there, there's tons and tons of things, tons and tons of stretches that I give my clients. World's greatest stretch is one of the most common ones i use because personally i think it is the world's greatest stretch it's where you bring your knee up to stretch your glutes you lunge forward to stretch your um your back thigh or your back hip flexors back quads and then you get your elbow down to the ground to stretch for further stretch your glutes and to get a bit of that um latissimus and your terrace major stretch uh, along the back as well which is really a lot of people struggle to do that just because that movement in that position is really vulnerable to um really everyone single leg rdl or in other words arabesque this is where you balance on one leg and you lean forward and get your um, other leg as high as you can backwards that really stretches out the the hamstrings and when you come back in you just repeat that repeat that for about five five reps on each leg uh as well which is where you crawl out on your hands and then crawl back up with your feet so that they're really good examples of um, mobilising those key joints that you're going to be using. Um, the last step is the P. So P means potentiate key muscle groups. So in this step, potentiate pretty much means um, to gather as many motor units is what they're called in your muscles. So your motor units are the ones. So they're the little structures in your muscles that. Um, Uh, responsible for pretty much just working um, to to contracting your muscles so these structures pretty simply put are the reasons why your muscles contract very very simply Um, so potentiate is to pretty much get as many of these motor units um, fired as possible so in this set you need to mimic the movements you will be using in that session so let's take uh, lower body squats for example so power movements, you have you, you should be using power movements in this potentiating phase. So jump squats, lunge jumps, so anything that mimics the movements that you can use, so bounding jumps, one-legged jumps, anything like that, you can actually use very light weights of the actual movement being performed. So you could do barbell with just the bar, barbell squats, or you could do fixed barbell squats, like 10 kilo barbell squats. Um, there's another thing that you can use as well. Um, this is more for performance and sporting um, sectors. Anyway, it's something called uh, post-activation potentiation. So what this does is you lift very heavy weight before this, before your um, exercise, before your sport, before your game, and. What this does is, same as what I said before, it recruits as many motor units in that movement as it can so it's ready for the next movement that you are using. So you lift heavy, you, all your muscles, all your motor units in your muscles say, oh, shit, that we have to fucking turn on to lift this shit. So they turn on and then they are ready for the next, um, next exercise or next movement that you're going to perform. But if you slowly warm up and you slowly activate those motor units, all of them will slowly turn on a um, small part of the time and they won't switch on quickly so that's another thing that you could do if you are performing in a sport or anything like that. It's called post potentiation or post-activation potentiation so that's a one thing that you guys could um, could research It'd be very very it's a very very interesting protocol which is really cool next one strength so after the warm-up You are going to go into some strength training so with strength training uh, it depends on your goals like ultimately so uh, everyone wants to get strong everyone wants to get big everyone wants to be fast everyone wants to do this but if you are purely looking for strength this is what i recommend um, for of the most predominantly listening to this so strength training we first if you're looking to be fast you do power training first. If you're looking to be big, you do hypertrophy hypertrophy training. But strength training is where it um, should be performed at the start. So, always perform compound lifts first. So, compounding means multiple joints, multiple muscle groups. So, compounding, barbell squats, deadlifts, bench press, shoulder press, uh, Olympic weightlifting. All that kind of stuff make sure you perform these first because if you complete a few sets let's say tricep extensions uh, then you complete a few sets of the bench press immediately after you exhausted the triceps because triceps are one of the main lifters in the bench press and you're doing a set of tricep extensions beforehand you are going to be significantly fatigue the triceps before you do the bench press So, if you do that, you're either going to get injured or you're going to lift 30 kilos less than what you actually can. So, make sure you do compound lifts first and then you follow up with uh, isolated exercises. So, do your bench press, then do your tricep extensions and then do your chest flies, for example. That's like a a very, very short um, session right there. So, make sure you do compound lifts first follow up with isolated exercises but like I said before make sure the exercises that you do are for what you want to do or for what you need to do so if you're an AFL footballer and you start going out and you start doing uh, torso rotations that's not practical when when in an AFL game are you going to turn turn your body without your legs turning with you so torso rotations they're more for golfers they're more for hockey, hockey players, baseball hitters. They're they're like all the um the turning of the hips type. So AFL players, they should more be looking at jumping, or they should more be looking at sprinting, or um, upper body, or strength, anything like that. So like skater skater jumps, trap bar deadlifts, um, sled push, sled pulls, anything like that that helps them build that strength in that lower body. And if they do that it'll transfer into their game, into their performance. If they do an exercise that has nothing to do with their sport, there's no way that they can transfer that into their game. So make sure the exercises that you do are relevant to what you do. So again, another another example, if you want to lose weight, perform compound lifts. Um, because compound lifts, like I said, the more, mus- the more muscle groups you use are in the compound lifts. So that hence that burns more energy when you do them and hence burns more calories and therefore lose more weight. So you need to make sure you lift the appropriate weight or you do the appropriate exercise in that strength training session. So if you want to do that perfectly fine. If you want to do hypertrophy training perfectly fine as well. Just make sure you change the sets and the reps for what you want to do. So I might make another podcast episode about this, but there are probably five main training variables that you want to achieve when you train. So there are strength, which is what we're talking about now. So strength, you want to do about three to three to five, three to six sets. Or well, maybe not six sets, but three, five sets. And then you want to do one to six reps every set. So, these should be performed slowly. So, it thinks it's strength. So, think of strength. So, you're not going to be performing strength very, very fast because that would hence lead to power and speed. So, you need to perform these very, very slow in order to get that strength stimulus. And then, power. So, power and speed, like I said before, similar reps, so three to four, three to five, and very similar reps, but these need to be performed at high speed, so about 80%, 90% velocity. So you need to be very, very fast when you perform these exercises because if you do the same as strength and you perform it slow, you're just doing strength or you're doing hypertrophy in that manner. So you need to make sure you perform these sets and reps at very high speed. You also need to make sure that when you're performing uh, power, you need to make sure that you don't lift the same amount of weight as what you do for strength. So make sure when you're lifting power, you decrease the weight that you have so that you can lift it as fast as you can. So, let's say your 1RM of a bench press, or squat actually. If your 1RM of a squat is 80 kilos, you're not going to train power with an 80 kilo squat. You're going to train power with a 40 kilo squat or a 50 kilo squat. Um, So, make sure you don't max out when you do power. Hypertrophy. So, these are about 2 to 4 sets, and then you need to do it at 8 to 12 reps. So, these are pretty these are pretty self-standard it's all self-explained so lifting to failure is a good indicator to where you should be in hypertrophy so hypertrophy they're the burning type of muscles they're the I can't lift anymore sets or reps you can't like you feel a pump in your in your arms that's hypertrophy so strength and power you, you might not get fatigued when you're doing strength and power that's why the rests are so so much longer in the strength and power compared to the hypertrophy because you're not trying to fatigue your muscles you're trying to get stronger so hypertrophy is fatiguing and growing strength is just getting stronger endurance so these are about five and sets onwards and reps 15 onwards endurance endurance is just creating fatigue in your muscles so you need to do lightweighted um, exercises. And then probably a good guideline for this would be to lift until you get out of breath. That's it's a very broad guideline, but it's a pretty pretty accurate one when you think of endurance. And then last one, flexibility. So you got two to three sets each stretch. And then you need to hold those stretches, so you do it three to four times, for at least twenty seconds. So you see a lot of people do static stretching at the end of the um, end of the session. They hold it for about five seconds and they just knock it off and they go home. It's like, oh my God, do fucking stretches properly. Because if you don't hold for 20 seconds and you don't do it multiple times, there's no way that you're going to get that stimulus to get more flexible. So hold for 20 seconds, do it at least two, three times and then carry on. And remember when you're always stretching, stretch to discomfort, not to pain. If you stretch a pain, you're stretching too far. Bring it back a bit and then stretch to discomfort. If you are feeling a lot of pain when you're stretching, Go to your GP, go to your physio, and get that sorted out as soon as you can because that could lead to more things in the future. Um, coming back to the exercise selection, I've always been told this and I'm sticking by it probably for the rest of my life. No exercise is a bad exercise. So when you do an exercise, make sure you have a good reason for it. If you don't have a good reason for it, then it's a bad exercise. But if you do have a good reason for it, if you talk shit and you say this is for... I don't know. This is for fishing, so I'm doing a, a elbow extension so I can flick my rod further. That's a good rationale for a good for a shit exercise. So that, um, if you have a good rationale, good reason for your exercise, it is not a bad exercise. Okay, so make sure you just have a good rationale for it. So, next one, next part in the session would be the cardio and high intensity. So after the strength training. I always do this after strength training because you need to make sure when you do strength training, you need to make sure you do your main lifts first because if you do cardio beforehand, your body's going to be fatigued. It's going to be under the pump to perform the strength training properly and you might get injured or you probably will get injured. So I finish off with cardio and high intensity after the strength training because then you can kind of essentially work your body under fatigue. So this is, it says in the name, cardiovascular system. You can't really injure your cardiovascular system unless you have a chronic condition or you have one of your arteries pop or something like that. But you can't injure them after um, strength training. You can injure your muscles, but vice versa, if you do cardio before strength, you're more likely to get injured um, if you do this rather than strength and cardio. So make sure you finish off with a relatively hard set of any exercise so med ball slams um roller, rubber so it could be anything so a circuit or a run this is great for people wanting to lose weight but it's also great for athletes who want to get faster and because if you do this after you do your strength training your muscles are already under fatigued and that simulates mid game uh during probably like half time or three quarter time you start to get fatigued and this training can translate into that so i ensure my clients have at least five ten minutes of cardio and high intensity at every single end of the day or session if they don't i want to cry but it's a very good idea to do this at the end of the strength because most of my clients want to do uh, weight loss so weight loss should either prioritize this step or like i said before they should prioritize compound lifts but like i say every other time it really depends on the client's goals or needs if they're weight loss Um, prioritize like I said compound lifts or cardio if their focus is on strength uh, prioritize strength so you might not need the cardio aspect at the end but it does depend on your goals and needs so that's um it's a great tool for weight loss anything in this phase anything to make you feel like you're about to vomit (laughs) not not really not really vomit but anything that makes you feel like you're worked is cardio is high intensity so you can go for a run as fast as you can for five minutes that's cardio so just for example finishing off the cardio and high intensity section with my clients i usually go for three exercise so for example mebel slam uh, ski erg and jump squats so i do 10 medble slams 200 meters on the ski erg and 10 jump squats i do that three times and depending on the time or depending on how they're going, I either reduce it or extend the reps. Or I just I just do only do two sets. So it's a really good idea to do that after the strength training. Last bit. So number four. So just to reiterate, number one, warm up. So follow the ramp protocol. Number two is strength training. So make sure you do compound movements and then do isolated movements. Follow the rep and set ranges. Number 3 you've got cardio and high intensity. Make sure you do go ham on this section. Then number four, the last bit is the cool down. So this is probably the most overlooked part of the session. Guarantee you'll see 75% of gym doers do not do a cool down. They finish their last rep and last set of like a, I don't know, deadlift and then they just walk out. And then they, <laughs> and then they complain about muscle soreness the day after. It's like, nah, shit, man. Of course, you're going to be sore after if you don't do a cool down. So, the main thing of a cool down you need to do is walk. You're not, it's probably not the main thing, but it's one of the main things. Is walk after you do a session. So, if you do a walk, your body slowly releases the lactic acid that is build, building up in your body. So, see, um, let's, give, let's give AFL for an example. After a game of AFL, sometimes you see um, AFL players give their high fives around the fence. That is a kind of a kind of a cooldown as they walk around the fence. So they get to walk around, they get to release the lactic acid that's building up in their muscles, and it lets allows their body to remove the um, metabolic waste that's built up over the game. So walking is a good way to get your heart rate down as well. So get your heart rate down to resting levels. And then you need to do your static stretching. So I mentioned at the start, don't do static stretching at the start of your session, do it at the end of the session. So again, this um, brings your muscles back to the normal length that it should be. So after contracting the muscles after all the session, or after, after all the exercises that you've done, you're contracting, 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 then you need to stretch them at the end. So they're not in that permanently contracted position at the end. That's when people have muscle soreness. So... I always tell my clients to stretch when they get home, or in the car, or when they're on the walk. And if they if they return to a session sore, and they haven't stretched, um, I can tell, I can definitely tell because they're always sore. Um, I say, have you stretched? Or, have you stretched? And they're like, um, no. And then they're sore, and I'm like, well, you should have stretched, because if you don't stretch, muscle soreness happens, and it's just it's just a continuum um, so make sure you do your stretches you get your heart rate down to normal levels and then you stretch mainly after you work it you won't completely get rid of it so you won't completely get rid of muscle soreness but you'll be able to function more um, another part of the cool down, it, it goes on for another day so it's called recovery so it's just, it's another it's a big training variable that I'd um, preach I guess so, sleep, you need to make sure that you have seven to nine hours of sleep. So, that is the most, that, is, that actually is the most important thing that you need to do after you do your session is sleep. So, seven to nine hours of sleep is vital. It's very, very vital to recovery and to make sure that you perform better in your sport or at the gym the next day. Um, I think I heard this, it was a video of Matt Walker on TED Talk if you guys want to watch that I'm very I've watched it like five times and it's just amazing um, so he found out that a male who went to sleep for five hours had significantly lower testosterone levels than a male who slept for um, eight hours that's only three hours difference and the amount of testosterone levels that um, was decreased for five hours it's just ridiculous. that's like one night's sleep so, imagine that for a week of shit sleep. So, that is why I am such a big advocate for sleeping because not only is it good for um, performance and and mental health, but just physical health. So, your testosterone levels and all that kind of stuff. It It's so much better when you get a good sleep. So, do that after you do your workout. Uh, nutrition, make sure you have, uh, what was it, 1 to 1.2 grams of kilograms um, of of weight that you have make sure you eat that much of carbohydrates Uh, make sure you have it within 4 hours of your workout and make sure you have probably at least 20 grams of high quality protein after your workout that's probably 2 hours after your workout have that um, straight after as as well as you can hydrate water make sure you have 120-150% of water loss I'm pretty sure it is Um, have that gradually over 4-6 to hours post-workout um, so, that replenishes your water and your electrolyte levels. Interestingly, milk. Milk is a great way to replenish your electrolyte levels. It is high in potassium. It is high in calcium. High in frickin' zinc. I think it has, like, most things that you have lose with sweat. So, milk, um, milk is a very interesting way to replenish your electrolytes if you ever want to try that. I haven't tried that yet, but I might after the next footy training. But... Um, Make sure you do all that stuff after you work out and the next workout you do, you'll be significantly better than what you did last time. So, last time, I will reiterate. Warm-up number one, ramp protocol, raise your temp, activate key muscles, mobilize key joints and then potentiate key muscle groups. Number two, strength training. Always perform compound movements first, so barbell squats, deadlifts, bench press, shoulder press. Do all that first. They do isolated movements, so uh, tricep extensions, lateral raises, bicep curls. And remember, no exercise is a bad exercise if you have a good reason for it. So remember that. And remember the set ranges and the rep ranges for the different training types. Number three, cardio and high intensity after strength training. So make sure you finish off relatively hard with a few sets of, I don't know, med ball slams, ski jump squats, rollers, do all that kind of stuff number four cool down so walk stretch nutrition sleep and even if you go want to go to the pool do a few uh, swim throughs of like that's a great method of recovery because the uh, not bore you with the methods but hydrostatic pressure just reduces a lot of stuff like Doms muscle soreness, muscle damage um, edema stuff like that so make sure you do all that that is your next session so make sure you write all that stuff down if you have to go back at the at the beginning and write it all down, make sure you do all that in your next session. Tell me how you go, and then yeah, we'll go to the next episode. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.